Esther chapter 7. But let's go back to Esther chapter 6 and begin reading in, in, verse, in chapter 6 verse 14 uh, just to kind of help set the, the context. While they were yet talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and hurried to bring Haman to the feast that Esther had prepared. So the king and Haman went in to feast with Queen Esther. And on the second day, as they were drinking wine after the feast, the king again said to Esther, What is your wish, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to the half of my kingdom it shall be fulfilled. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be granted me for my wish and my people for my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. If we had merely been sold as slaves, men and women, I would have been silent. For our affliction is not to be compared with the loss of the king. Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther, Who is he and where is he who has dared to do this? And Esther said, A foe and an enemy, this wicked Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. While they were talking to him, puts us back to the events of, of, of chapter 6 where, where the king had had the sleepless night. He called for the chronicle, the histories of, his, of, of, of Persia, but memorable deeds from, from his own reign, his time as king. And, 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 and as they read to him, he heard the, the account of Mordecai saving Xerxes, Ahasuerus' life, when, when two of, of the guards, the eunuchs there at the gate, Bigthana and Teresh, had plotted to kill the king. The king said, well, what honor did I bestow on him? And they said nothing. And so the king then looked to Haman. He said, who's in the court? And they said, well, Haman's here. He had gone there early planning to ask the king for permission to hang Mordecai on this this 75-foot gallow pole that he had, had put up uh, out in front of his house that everybody could see. This is what happens to somebody who does not pay Haman homage, who does not bow to him. Haman had gone there to persuade the king to let him kill him. The king says, what should be done to the man the king wishes to honor? Haman thinks, well, who would he want to honor more than me? And so he comes up with this, with this great parade. Let them give this man a robe that the king's worn. Let them put him on one of the king's horses with this, with this headdress on the horse and then parade him all through the square declaring, thus it shall be done to the man the king wishes to honor. Haman thinks, it's got to be me. And then he says, let, let one of the king's most noble officials lead him on that parade. And the king says, that sounds great. Now, go do this to Mordecai. You know, Haman's got to be, you know, like, what, what did you say? Go do it to Mordecai. 
the, the one that, more, that Haman hated more than anyone, who, who prompted Haman's de, de, decree to kill all of the Jews in the whole Persian Empire, 127 provinces. Now he's prepared this special gallow just to display, just to hang uh, Mordecai on, and, and, and Haman has to go and, and, and parade Mordecai around the square proclaiming, thus it shall be done to the one the king wishes to, to honor. And he, 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 he makes it through that. He goes home. He says he, he covered his head. He goes home and he tells Zeresh, his wife, and, and, and his friends what has happened. It's like my day is starting off bad. And his wife says, well, if Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of Jewish descent, you will not overcome him. While they're saying that, verse 14, while they were speaking, this, you know, you hear this knock on the door, this call at the gate, and it's, it's the king's eunuchs. And they, it says they arrived and they hurried to take Haman to the feast with Esther. So he's, he's barely got those words out telling them how bad it is. Now he's going to the feast. Well, things are looking up. Okay, I'll get over that. I'm going in with the king and with Esther, and, and it, it's going to be okay. I'll, I'll get over the, the embarrassment of this. I'm probably going to have to wait a few days, months, years before I can circle back and take care of Mordecai. Actually, it's only going to be, I'm going to say nine months from now that they're going to kill all the Jews anyhow. I'm just going to have to wait. We'll get Mordecai then. So he goes to the feast, the, the second feast. Remember, Esther had gone into the king's presence to plead her case, to plead for her, her people and herself. When, when Haman made this decree. And it's like, well, why did she ask for a second feast? Why did she not just blurt it out immediately? I mean, we don't know. The narrator doesn't tell us why she waited, but it was a, a, a very wise move on her part, you know, that God is, is working she doesn't know the king's not going to sleep. You know, day one, they have the feast, and the king says, ask her twice. Tell me what's your desire. Tell me what's your request. And she says, well, my, my request is that you and Haman come to a feast tomorrow. Why delay it? Why not just go in? You know, sometimes if you're going to quit a job, do you do it in the morning or do you do it five minutes before quitting time? It's, it's, it's that debate if you... You know, if you can remember, you know, you might have had one job your whole life. Kenneth, I know you can't really quit your job. I mean, maybe you have dozens of times, but um, you, you, what, what's best? Esther, I think it's an indication of sometimes we don't know it, but, but the Holy Spirit is leading us to do certain things in a certain way. And, and she's, she's sensitive to that. It's like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wait. And, and so she waits, and all of a sudden, the tables have turned. Haman is now 
Or Mordecai is now on the good list. Haman's still sort of neutral in the king's eyes, or maybe Haman's still uh, elevated in the king's eye, but it's not gonna it's not gonna last long. So so Haman is is hurriedly taken to that next feast. After the feast, they're sitting around drinking wine, and the king asks Esther, this is now the third time, what is your wish and what is your request? Now, now, now the, the, the experts in, in, in Hebrew say, he's saying, what is your heart's desire? And, 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 and what is your, uh, your, your desire? That it's, that it's a, 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 an indication of, of King Ahasuerus being very concerned with what Esther wants. What is, what is your, your deepest desire, your, your heart's desire, your, your, your wish? And he's, and he's almost like your wish is my command even up until half of, of the kingdom. Now notice Esther's response. She's still going slowly. She's, she's, she's thought out her words. Now, sometimes that can be a very good advice to all of us. Think out your words. My mouth is way faster than my brain. It, it just, sometimes things just come out. And it's like, but Esther's thought this out. And, and so she, she begins and she says, if I have found favor in your sight. What's another word for favor? I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago when, we, when, when Ahasuerus asked her the same thing. It's, 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 it can be translated grace. If I found grace in your sight, if I have, if I have somehow won or gained this unmerited favor, that she, that she asked the king, if it pleases the king, then let my life be granted me for my, for my wish and my people for my request. So, so, so she bundles them both. My heart's desire is my life. My, my deepest desire is the life of, of my people. What was he expecting? What could the king have been expecting? The queen goes in and, 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 and asks the king, uh, you know, that, 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 that she goes in, she, she, she knows that she has to plead for the life of the Jewish people, the lives of the, of the Jewish people. But the king doesn't know what she's wanting. And he says, okay, you, you've come in. I've, 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 I've extended the, the golden scepter and, 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 and you've come in. And now I've asked you and you said, well, let the king and Haman come to a banquet. But that wasn't really why you risked your life to come into the king's presence. So, so what is it? Does she want, uh, does she need a bigger budget for the, for, for the harem? You know, that she's the queen and, and, and all these others under her? Does she want a, a, another title? Does she want, what does she want? 
The king has no idea, but, but I think it probably startles him that she says, my heart's desire is my life. My deepest desire is the life of my people, that, that she's starting to get his attention. And then, but she doesn't really pause long. And she says, if we, for we have been sold, me and my people, we've, we've been sold to what? To be destroyed, killed, and annihilated. Those were the same words that, that Haman used in the decree going out to all of the, all of the kingdom to destroy, kill, and annihilate all of the Jews. He said, we've been sold. Remember, what did he say? I'll give you 10,000 talents of silver was what Haman was going to give King Xerxes for, for the right to kill all of the Jews. This people, he said, that, that don't obey you. They have their own, own laws and they don't listen to the king. That's, that's Esther's desire. She said, if we had merely been sold as slaves... I would have been silent for our affliction is not to be compared with the loss to the king. What's she saying? She's saying, if we'd only been sold as slaves, I wouldn't have bothered you. But, but we're being sold to be destroyed, killed, and annihilated, and that's going to be a loss to the king. That she's, she's what is she doing? She, she's putting it back in, in his best interest. She's not saying, this is, I don't want to die. My people don't want to die. But, but this is going to hurt the king if they kill all of the Jews. I mean, your tax base is going way down, king. You're not going to have anybody, you know, working this part of the economy and, and all through the kingdom. And so just think of the taxes that you're going to be losing. She starts playing on, uh, on just the practical side of it. She's got him. I mean, through waiting, fasting, praying. I, I mean, I'm convinced that they prayed during this time, even though it doesn't say that they prayed she has got him. She's, she's, she's presented the case, the king's heart. God has moved the king's heart to listen to what Esther is saying. And he says, who is he? And just as importantly, where is he? You know, he's thinking, is this somebody in one of the remote provinces? Is this somebody in a suburb of Susa that's, that's done this, that's plotting this? How can he not remember? Signing this? Keep that, I, I don't know. Well, I know how he can not remember because, you know, a lot of times you don't remember things. <laughs> okay, good point. Every chapter, don't they say they were drinking wine? I mean... How can he not remember? He's not connecting the dots. He's not, you know. No. Everything that Hannah had done, that Haman had done, though, was behind his back. Yeah. He didn't say the Jews. He just said, there's a people group. we got to kill him, you know. I mean, it, it's like when I heard somebody say, 
you know, speaking to somebody who's forgetful or, or just kind of goofy or whatever, that they're, they're a few fries short of a Happy Meal. He's, he's kind of in, in, that, in, in, in that vein he, or that category. Who is he? Where is he? Who has dared to do this? You know, who, who would be so bold as to try to kill all of, all of the Jews and my queen? Esther says, a foe. She doesn't just begin with his name. She, she's still, you know, I think calculating her, her words in a good way. Not, you know, sometimes you say, well, they're calculating. No, she's doing it in a good way. It's a foe and an enemy is this wicked Haman. It just got worse for Haman. I mean, the day hadn't started all that well, but, you know, he just had to, you know, kind of eat, eat crow and, and, and take Mordecai around on the horse and proclaim this. But now the queen of Persia has told her husband this foe and enemy. And she, remember she said, if it was just being sold into slavery, I wouldn't have bothered you. But, but we've been sold, and this is against the king's better interest. And, and so the king's like, who is he? Where is he? Who, who dares to do this? Who dares to, to take people away from, from my tax base? What is Haman's reaction? I mean, you don't even have to read the next sentence to know. Then Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. Okay, verse 7. And the king arose in his wrath, or rage, from the wine drinking, and went into the palace garden. But, but Haman stayed to beg for his life from Queen Esther, for he saw that harm was determined against him by the king. And the king returned from the palace garden to the place where they were drinking wine, as Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was. And the king said, will he even assault the queen in my, in my presence, in my own house? As the word left the mouth of the king, they covered Haman's face. Then Harbona, one of the eunuchs in attendance of the king, said, Moreover, the gallows that Haman has prepared for Mordecai, whose word saved the king, is standing at Haman's house 50 cubits high. And the king said, hang him on that. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the wrath of the, of the king abated. I mean, where, where, where do you start? It, it's, it's such a picture of, of everything that's happening and, and, and how could these events just, it's, it's just laid out perfectly. It's, 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 it's God's plan of deliverance for the Jewish people, for God's plan of, of salvation, in this case for the, the, the Jewish people, and, and it is laid out perfectly. When we read in, in chapter 8, verse 9, not 
to give away the any more of the ending, but I know you've you know I know you've probably read it. The king's scribes were summoned at that time in the third month, which is the month of Sivan, on the twenty-third day. So when did this start? Started on the first in the first month on the thirteenth day. So we're looking at about two months and ten days later. So about ten weeks have gone by. That, that Esther, Mordecai, all the Jews have been, have been living under this death threat. Two months ago, doesn't really seem that long ago. What was that? March the 30th. Eh, that's just the other day. But two months in the future when you're going through something is a long time. And, and so they, they have been... been just dreading what's coming. You know, two, two months have gone by, nine more months, and, and it's going to be open season on, on the Jews. And, and now God has raised up Esther to be the deliverer of, of Israel, of, of all the Jews, and, and she has gone in, literally taking her life in her own hands, to, to approach the king and made her request and, and the king is he's like who is it? Who would dare do such a thing? When he hears this it's Haman, maybe now the will, he's starting to realize he's culpable too you know he said how could he not remember? Maybe sometimes it takes especially guys a little while for things to become obvious and to sink in. And he, he, he rose in his wrath, his rage. Is his rage only at Haman? I mean, you, you, would, you would think, yes, predominantly with Haman. Um, but is he also maybe remembering that, oh, I remember I told him, he could do something that sounds a lot like this. Didn't really question him on who is this people group. He, he goes out into the, into the garden in his rage. Okay, so if you're the king, you've just heard this, why would you go out into the garden in your rage? I mean, thinking, well, I need to... So he's double mad. Yeah, it's been over. Like, it felt like, you know, someone you trust, and then you felt, feel like you've been used by them. You're not a happy person. And maybe he's finally also, I, I agree with you 100%, and, and is he thinking, I, I better think about this. I didn't really think about it when Haman brought me this I request. I him my ring for him to seal the orders, so in essence, I'm doing it. So what do we do about it? Yeah. I think Haman made it sound like, well, he didn't call them Jews originally. He said there were some people, just a few, I guess, and it was scattered throughout that we need to get rid of. Okay, here's our ring. Like an executive order. Mm hmm. <laughs> Sign executive order on the what it is, but somebody told him to sign it. <clears throat> yeah. It's like 800 pages long. Yeah. 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 I, in, 
I have Chuck Swindoll's biography on Esther, and and I've read it before, and I have these post-its. I don't, and and they'll have notes like on them, and and on this part, it's like, how did he get to become king? And you know, I I didn't scratch out king and write president, but I mean, you could think the same thing. How did he get to be king? Uh, so he goes outside. Haman stays there to beg for his life to Queen Esther. She's the one that brought this up. He, he, and he said, and you talk about, what is it, Captain Obvious? Uh, uh, you know, he's got an extraordinary talent for grasping the obvious. For he saw that harm was determined against him. It's like, you think? <laughs> He, the king has gone off into the garden just fuming. Esther's told him. Esther obviously is, it, it, you know, Haman is, is, is on the naughty list for her too. And he's begging for his life. I mean, note the irony that, that, that Haman is now pleading with a Jew for his life. The same Haman who had no remorse over sentencing all of the Jews to, to death. And now he's begging for his, for his life. It's a... It's, it's, it, there's, there's an element of race in it, even though they're related. Haman was an Agagite, a descendant of Agag, king of the Amalekites. So, so he's a descendant of the Amalekites who were mortal enemies of the Jews going back to, to just before Sinai, if not before, even though... The Amalekites descended from Esau. The Jews descended from Jacob. So they're sort of distant cousins, but, they're, but they hate each other. And, and, and does, does Haman know that King Saul, the first king of Israel, was supposed to wipe out all of the Amalekites back in, in 1 Samuel 10? So I think it's like a generational, and this was five or six hundred years later, that, that he hates them. And, and, and in particular, Mordecai. I, I, I think there's an element of all that bad blood from way back that he just, he just hates them, even though Mordecai appears to be the only one who has offended him. You know? Or is he so evil that he's, okay, this one Jew will not bow down to me or pay homage, so I'm just going to kill them all. It, it is a plan of Satan that's driving Haman. Ultimately, Satan puts it into to, to, to Haman's heart. Kill all of the Jews. Why? Because then there can be no Messiah. Because God had promised that there would never be a king not on David's throne if, if, if somehow he can get rid of all the Jews and there won't be a Messiah. If, if you want to carry it all the all the way out, but there's still there's still people that want to destroy all the 
Yeah. Uh, yes. So as the king returns in from the garden, Haman is falling on the couch to beg and plead with Esther. There's a deal. It's called a targum. It's an Aramaic translation of the Hebrew that, that starts around a little bit later than this. It's, it's during the time of the second temple, which they're... They're back in Jerusalem building the second temple. It's, so as, as, as the Aramaic language became the, the language of the world for a short time, and then it becomes Greek, but that they would translate written, but also a, an, an oral translation of the Hebrew. And, and one of the traditions in, in one Targum translates this, that the angel Gabriel pushed him as the king was coming in. I, I mean, it's just kind of a, a it's, that, that, that was just sort of a, a, a traditional view. It's like, you know, that here's, here's Haman there begging. Here comes the king and, and Gabriel. I mean, it's just like, I think Haman was dumb enough that he didn't need help from Gabriel pushing him onto the, onto the couch, that he's, that he's, he's there the harem um, uh, rules protocol was that you couldn't be, even if the king is there within seven feet of a harem member, if the king's not there, you better hightail it. And so here is the queen. And, and, and even if the king had been there, he shouldn't be within seven feet of the, of the queen. If he was even one foot away, he could still be killed for violating that, that protocol, that rule. And here he is laying on the couch begging Esther for his life. And the king comes in and, and sees it. It sort of gives Ahasuerus an out to sort of halfway save face over because he signed off. Remember, he gave Haman the signet ring to, to, to send out this decree. And it's now, he says, will he even assault the queen in my presence in my own house? Kind of like that was a death penalty offense also. And so he says, they covered Haman's face. Who is they? Well, apparently the eunuchs in attendance had gone out with the king. And, and, and so they, they covered his face. They would veil a person, a, a criminal's face when, when he had, had been, been condemned to die, that he's no longer worthy to look at the king, and the king shouldn't have to, to look at him. Remember, Haman had, had covered his own head when he got back from parading Mordecai around. Then the king comes, or the, the eunuchs come, back in, 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 in verse 14 of chapter 6, and take him to the, to the feast. And, and so now, as they come back in, the eunuchs, they know what's fixing to happen to Haman. And, I mean, he does too, and there's no doubt, once they put that veil on his head, that, that he is, he's fixing to, to die. Okay, verse 9. Then Harbona, remember Harbona from chapter 1? He was one of the seven eunuchs that was sent 
to retrieve Vashti. We haven't heard from him in, in what is that, six chapters? And, but Boston, he, he reappears. He's one of those attendants that's with the, the, the king, it seems, all the time or at least very often. He's one of the, the eunuchs in attendance on the king. says, Moreover, the gallows that Haman prepared for Mordecai, whose word saved the king, are standing in front of Haman's house. So I, I take it Harbona had been one of the ones that had gone back there in verse 14, and retrieved Haman from his house to go to the feast. If you're walking up on somebody's house and you see a 75-foot pole gallows, you're going to notice it. I mean, even the most unattentive person, I think, is going to notice, that wasn't here yesterday. What, what in the world is this? And, and as they go by, maybe, maybe Haman tells him, or, or maybe some of of Haman's servants tell the king's servants like, oh yeah, Haman built the, had that gallows built to hang Mordecai on. So, Harbona just, just voluntarily jump, jumps right in. They cover his face. Harbona says, there's gallows outside of Haman's house. He built them to kill Mordecai, who saved the king's life. And they're standing there, 50 cubits high. The king doesn't need any to hear anything else. It just He says, hang him on that. And so they did. They hung Haman on those gallows, and the wrath of the king abated. The first two verses of chapter 8 tell us what the, the king does. He, he gives... Haman's house to Esther. He gives the signet ring that Haman had to Mordecai, the one who, who saved his life. Esther sits, sets Mordecai up over the house of Haman. It's, it's this complete reversal of just what the Jews feared. Now Mordecai is, is set over the, the house of, of, of Haman. And, and, and has achieved this, this position of, of authority, responsibility, uh, esteem, that, that it's a complete reversal. I mean, it's a picture of the complete reversal that happens in our lives when we were enemies with God before receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior, to now we are what? Sons and daughters of, of God. That even though God's not mentioned, we, we see the, the, a, a picture of God's deliverance and redemption for all of mankind in, in these events, that the ultimate deliverance is, is our deliverance from sin and, and death. And as Israel looked at king after king for this deliverance and, and this sort of, of, of response and love and grace that there is only one king who can bring us that ultimate redemption. You know, if you look in the, in the newspaper, listen on the radio, watch the news, one, one big thing that people want today is justice. 
every, everybody is looking for this justice, but there is only one who can bring that pure justice, and, and, and that's God. Any other observations, questions? I forget I said questions. Observations. I'd rather hear. Um, no, if you have a question. I was, I was writing down a bunch of, of, of notes in, in, uh, in church as Corey was, was talking about the, the, the letter to the church at Smyrna where he says, I know your tribulation and your, and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but a synagogue of Satan. And, he, and, he, and, he, and, and, and John in, in uh, chapter 3, the letter to the church at, at Philadelphia, says that they face the same, the same uh, synagogue of, of, of Satan. And when he writes to, to Philadelphia, he says, I will make them come and bow down before your feet and they will learn that I have loved you. That, that the Jews went through, they're in exile and they went through this time of, of exile, this intense persecution here or, 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 or potential persecution when they're all going to be killed, but that that God ultimately brings justice to them. And, he, and as, as that letter to the church in Philadelphia and the one in Smyrna, that, that, that God, you're gonna, they're going to know that I loved you. But it's in his time, not, not our time. I mean, we have time, but think about it. God doesn't have time. There's no time. He's, he's um, I've forgotten the big, you know, high dollar, 50 cent, theological word, transcendent, that he's, he doesn't have time. Okay, we'll start in, see the result of all of this in, in chapter 8 next, next week. Let's, let's, let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Yeah, she had uh, her other cataract and, and it's, it's good, yeah, yeah, thank you. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for just the, the picture of your providence, of, of your hand, and all these events that, that happened to your people centuries ago. And God, we, we realize that you're still active in our lives. That just as Bobby testified that the nurse showed up just at the right moment, God, you, ne you never leave us. Your hand moves in so many ways that we don't realize or acknowledge. But get, God, just give us time to pause and, and reflect and look back on where you were carrying us through the sand that we might give the praise and the glory to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.